Hi, this is the Robberator, and you can support my Mad Grab for Power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. I'm still Tom Merritt. <laughs> Sword and Laser is a book but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Well, mostly like you. know you. I really get, you know I get really, like, thrown off my game when, like, my timing with the intro gets messed up. <laughs> like, when I ad-lib. I've done it, I've done it for so long. You're like, no, this is the way it goes, Merit. You have, What's happening? You have five syllables. That's all you get. I'm Tom. Yep, that's yep. right. Yep. That is accurate. Well done. Well, I've had what a little you... Cabernet. Okay. Ooh, I'm just ooh. I'm gonna blame it on that. A little St. Francis Cabernet, along with I know it's not what are we eating, it's what are we drinking. Uh, mm-hmm. but we have you found that with delivery apps, sometimes certain restaurants are like Brigadoon. They're only available when the conditions are right because they're just a little <laughs> outside the delivery area. <laughs> No, I found it like with opening hours. I feel like San Francisco has created some very weird opening, like open mm. hours for mm-hmm. the restaurants. Yeah, no, this this isn't this doesn't have to do with the opening hours. It has to do with like the I guess it's the traffic, maybe, but like sometimes they're like, oh, mm, that's that outside your delivery area. But every once in a while it'll be inside your delivery area. So we ordered uh BB.Q uh fried chicken uh and had a little feast. Oh, nice. And yeah. normally they're not, you're not within their delivery area. What was funny is during the pandemic, they were in our delivery area and we were super psyched. And then once people started going back to work, they went out of the delivery area, which is, I'm like, oh, it must be traffic related then. Uh, but today I don't, I guess people weren't driving. I don't know, but they were in, they were listed. So we got it. What's the equivalent. So in San Francisco, as you know, the equivalent of like where you will not travel tends to be market street. So like if you are below Market Street, mm-hmm. like like I won't go past Mar- I won't go above Market Street. Right, and New York right. has that with like I can't remember one of the one of the major streets. It's like a separator. Yeah. Between like no, that's too far away. Is is there an LA equivalent for that? Yeah, yeah. In LA, it's anywhere. <laughs> None of us want to. It go- takes an hour to get None anywhere. Right. Go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's what I remember about visiting is always like, no matter where you're going, assume it's going to take an hour I mean, to get there. It's kind of true. Everything takes 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, 45 minutes. Yeah. 45 okay. minutes to an hour. You go down the street, 45 minutes to an hour. You go to Irving, Irvine on the entire 45 minutes to an hour. Um, the 405 is the one that everyone is the, that's the worst. You don't want to have to get on the 405. It's less of a crossing a street. It's more of a like, oh, if I have to get on that freeway, I feel like that's the closest. Are there good like like um, roads? What are they? What are they called? Like non highway roads side that streets? can get you there? Surface side streets. Surface <laughs> I don't streets. know why I couldn't remember surface <laughs> streets or side streets. Yeah, that's the problem with the four hundred five. Is there's only there's literally only one because Got you have it. the mountains. Okay. So yeah, I see. Mm-hmm. E. Well, very interesting. Thank you for making me aware of that. Very what are cool. you drinking? Um, let's jump in. Oh, I told, didn't I say I'm drinking? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm drinking a peach Waterloo. Mm. Ooh. Delicious. I'm trying to be a good girl and only drink on not school nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that I think that's wise. Yeah. yeah. Eileen wanted to have the rest of the wine. The wine had already been open and, you know, I can't say no to her. I know. Oh, 
Little little at home peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Never heard We're of drinking, anybody. Merit. Also, she <laughs> rarely drinks. So yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. She, she, like, and also, we, she regularly drinks. Not regularly, rarely, rarely. Oh, he said regularly. <laughs> no, it's like rarely. It's like, yo, that's like probably the audience didn't need to know that. <laughs> no, it's the opposite. We were joking that that our doctor gets a, gets excited when we say we drink a bottle of wine. When, you know, the doctor is like, how much do you drink? Mm. We drink a bottle of wine every mm-hmm. two weeks. And the doctor's like, oh, I thought you were going to say at night. <laughs> Like why? Because they would have more to like scold you about, guess, or like what? <laughs> like, like oh, you're so. Boring. My doctor would probably object to my characterization of of her reaction, but that's that's how I. Yeah. Think. All right. Well, let us jump now that we have done. Uh, we're done defaming uh, Eileen. Uh, <laughs> we'll move doctor. on to the quick burns. Paul pointed out that prolific author of weird sci-fi fantasy stories, Levi Tidar, has curated a bundle of 10 sci-fi books from around the world as part of Story Bundle's 2022 World Sci-Fi Bundle. (laughs) Paul says it's a pretty great sounding list of stories, and I agree. Uh, The pricing scheme is a little odd in a good way. Uh, you pay what you feel is appropriate. Bundles have worked that way for for a long time now. Uh, so you get four ebooks. Your minimum you can pay is five dollars. It's not a zero dollar thing. Uh, but if you pay twenty dollars or more, you get ten books. You can also choose how much of the money goes to the authors, how much goes to Story Bundle. Uh, I've never heard of Story Bundle before, says Paul, but it sounds like a great deal. And at the very least, a solid list of new sci fi books. It's pretty cool. Story Bundle, are they, I can't remember, are they owned by Humble Bundle? Yeah, I don't know if they're like part of the Humble Bundle family. Mm. It doesn't look Mm -hmm. like it just from looking at their site, but, you know, it's hard to say for sure. Humble, by the way, raised like, I don't remember the exact amount, um, but something like $20 million for Ukrainian um, refugees and services. Um, I don't know actually what the bundle was that raised all the money, but I just thought that was pretty cool. They did it all for for charity and got to make a, a lot of money. Also, I hadn't realized that Brandon Sanderson's Kickstarter, just talking about other large sums of money, got up to like forty two million dollars. Oh well, let's let's move that uh, let's move that up in the lineup then. Oh, I didn't see that it was <laughs> Serendi. Well, it's not what you just said. Uh, Serendi okay. pointed out that Brandon Sanderson uh, backed nearly all publishing related kickstarters there were more than 300 of them that were on kickstarter the day he and his team uh got (gasps) funded oh my god wow so he like so he shared the funded all of them yeah well i don't he backed he backed not funded funded would imply he like made up the difference which i think that's more than i feel like he yeah. probably still could have done that, like, yeah, and he might have still had money to, to spare. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not here to judge how he spent his money. Um, that's incredible. Yeah, that's that's really cool. What a guy. What a great yeah, guy. I'm cool. so glad this worked out for him. Um, Jan says, if you need a shorter list of recommendations than usual, including a sword and laser pick, here is John Scalzi's six favorite works with science fiction themes. And, and uh, this is over on theweek.com. I feel like there's more than one. Because Light from yeah, Uncommon Stars. Light from Uncommon Stars. Uh, space Opera. Did we not read Space Opera? Or did I just did, read No, that we read own? The Light Brigade. We led, read and The Light Brigade. And Light Brigade was the third one. Yeah, I thought, I thought, but I, I couldn't We didn't remember. read Space. Did, we we read did a Catherine, read Space Opera. We read a Catherine Valenti, and I thought it was Space Opera. 
It, uh, let me look at the. We cover. should just always have the sword and laser wiki. No, we didn't read space opera. We read. What was the Catherine um, Valenti we read? Because uh, I read space opera, but I couldn't. Remember I have if, a copy of space opera. I couldn't. Oh, radiance. <laughs> we read radiance. radiance. Okay, radiance. so Thank uh, you. so only okay. two. But yeah, we read uh, Light Brigade as well. Very cool. Uh, uh, other books on yeah. the list are The Actual Star by Monica Brin, um, Space Opera by Catherine Valenti, Goliath by Tochi Onibuchi, uh, Black Sun by Rebecca Roanhorse, and as mentioned, The Light Brigade by Cameron Hurley. Very nice. Uh, Jan also pointed out that Tor.com has a number of recommendations for South Asian science fiction and fantasy from Vandana Singh, Anil Menon, Manjula Padman Bahan, and more. So if you like... Not just Indian, but South Asian writ large, mm-hmm. uh, science fiction and fantasy. You can find a bunch of them over there at Tor. Nice, nicely done, Tor. Very cool. Lauren says this episode from the podcast Imaginary Worlds dropped recently and contains a really fascinating discussion of Ukrainian speculative fiction, including how it contrasts with themes in Russian speculative fiction. There may be some new authors to explore here for those interested, but I found the discussion of themes and characters really interesting. Some of the Ukrainian authors interviewed are Maria Galina, Vladimir Arenev, uh, Sletvana, Slavana uh, Taratorina, and Alex Schwarzfen. Svetlana Taratorina and Alex Schwarzman. But don't feel bad because I need to apologize to Manjula Padmanaban for... Messing that up earlier. So, yeah, I think we're all good. We're doing our best. Yeah. We're doing our, are we doing our best? If we were really doing our best, we would look at these names before the podcast, find out how they were pronounced. Oh, I don't even get to use that excuse. I did. And I still, I still messed up. But I did not. Yeah. (laughs) I still. Anyhow, um, from what I learned in the episode, Lauren goes on, most of these authors' works are not translated into English, though Schwarzman has one coming out in English in May. Uh, Maybe someday we will get more Ukrainian, uh, more Ukrainian speculation fiction translated into English. And the podcast episode is called A Nation Dreams of Itself. Yeah, I have not listened to it myself, uh, but we'll take Lauren's recommendation. That's a good one. We'll have to check it out. Uh, Mark said fans of Charlene Harris and her Suki Stackhouse <gasps> Vampire Me. Mysteries should know that the Southern Vampire Mysteries by Charlene Harris launches its first podcast with Realm. So Charlene Harris doing a podcast. Uh, She says, I couldn't be more thrilled to be partnering with Realm on this all new vampire narrative. Although I can't reveal too much right now, I will say that exploring these myth and legends for a podcast audience is incredibly exciting for me. And I look forward to joining the Realm family as we take audio storytelling to new heights. Yeah, so it sounds like it's going to be a fiction show or like a yeah. It's a. Something. I don't think yeah. Charlene is is like talking on the mm-hmm. podcast uh, about things. It's right. her stories being performed on the podcast is what I get. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's super exciting. Mark says a comic adaptation of Mary Robinette Kowal's The Calculating Stars is coming out. Uh, On a cold spring night in 1952, a huge meteorite fell to Earth and obliterated much of the East Coast of the United States. Thus begins the alternate history events of Mary Robinette Kowal's award-winning Lady Astronaut series. In honor of the fictional 70th anniversary of the cataclysmic event, we're thrilled to share comic book adaptation from indie comics writer Ben O'Grady and artist David Monge Bautista, links, uh, oh, sorry, Inks, uh, DC Alonso, Color, and Rob Jones, Letters. You can read their 12-page comic online along with the full chapter from The Calculating Stars that inspired it. Very cool. 
Uh, I like a good graphic novel adaptation. Uh, and then Seth pointed out that April 4th, uh, the American Library Association kicked off National Library Week in the U.S. by releasing their list of the top 10 most challenged book titles in the country. If you ever see a bookstore celebrating Banned Books Week, it, mm-hmm. it's these mm-hmm. books. They're, they're not all necessarily fully banned, uh, but that's kind of the colloquial term for them. Challenged would mean, you know, maybe they didn't actually get banned, but but a group tried to get them removed uh, or something. Uh, and noted, uh, Seth noted that gradually books about LGBTQ plus issues have been replacing books about race and classics on the list. NPR reports that efforts to ban or censor books rose four times in 2021 compared to 2020. Although I always like to see these numbers compared to 2019 versus 2020. Because a lot of things yeah. didn't happen in 2020. <laughs> so that's hard to say. Anyway, uh, Seth says, pretty troubling, but at least it's gaining more attention. Book Riot reported on a U.S. House hearing about the rise in attempted book banning in schools and libraries. Anyway, uh, after all of that, Seth says, happy library week to all librarians, especially school librarians who are on the front lines of the fight. And in case if you're curious, what are the 10 most challenged books of 2021? And I I don't know if there's any uh, that are specifically sci-fi or fantasy, but I think it's helpful to read. Uh, The number one is Genderqueer by Maya Kobabe. Number two is Lawn Boy by by Jonathan Evison. Number three is All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson. Number four is Out of Darkness by Ashley Hope Perez. Number five is The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Number six is The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexie. Number seven is Me and Earl and the Dying Girl by Jesse Andrews. Number eight is The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. Number nine, This Book is Gay by Juno Dawson. And number 10, Beyond Magenta by Susan Cucklin. I'll be honest. It's a whole different situation than it was back in the 90s when I worked at Half Price Books when the Banned Books Week uh, was pointing out, you know, the the books that were being challenged back then were The Catcher in the Rye, you know, Huckleberry Finn. Oh, well, even in 2020... Of Mice and Men was one of the most challenged. Yeah, so that, that's, that's, that's hanging challenged. in there. But, but, yeah. but I guess what I'm trying to say is back then, it looked patently ridiculous that these books were being uh, attempted to be banned. Uh, it was like, really? You're going to ban this, this book? Uh, whereas now it's more of a, oh, I see you're targeting a particular group. Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. Well, thank you to everyone who contributed to this week's uh, Quick Burns. Oh, my gosh. I almost forgot the name of this. I was thinking about banned books. Um, Thank you for contributing to this week's Quick Burns. Uh, If you want to help contribute, you can head over to our Discord or you can jump into Goodreads and head over to the Goodreads uh, Quick Burns thread. All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. And we will kick things off with a comment from Paul, who says, thanks for reading my comments. You've shared a couple of my posts now, and it really makes me smile. Yay. Anyways, re Lion King. My understanding is that the Lion King was a retelling of Hamlet. Vengeful brother secretly murders the king and usurps the throne. Son leaves the palace to try to find himself and comes back to avenge father, restore the throne, and redeem the kingdom. There's even the presence of the dead king's ghost. So yeah, pretty royalist, but because it's a Shakespearean story that was written to appeal to kings. 
That said, I agree that from a modern perspective, Scar gives more resources to the underclass by taking from the ruling class. But then lions need more food than hyenas, and also Scar's ruling style seemed to involve overhunting antelopes. So mm. maybe antelopes preferred Mufasa's style, uh, though they probably weren't fans of either ruler. The politics get pretty complicated when you have to eat some of your constituents. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Zazu 2024. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yeah. Eating your constituents always makes for... You think you think politics is divisive now. <laughs> yeah. You just wait. <laughs> totally. Uh, and then Mark uh, wrote in or, on Twitter... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I actually don't understand this. Can you? All can right, you let me. Explain? Let me. I can do this one. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. So Mark writes, "Sword and Laser." Were you Rick Rolsoned by Mary Robinette? Uh, to which Mary Robinette posted, "Folks, this was an April Fool's joke. I thought that the fact that I was talking about running another con was a dead giveaway. Also, that a committee member was literally named Rick Rolson, and clearly, no one reads bid packets." This is response to our conversation about her saying that they were going to plan a world con in Iceland. Oh, okay. And that was an April Fool's joke, which, you know, just seems mean. Just seems mean, honestly. Wait, Mary Robinette. We, we didn't do a show on April 1st. We talked about, she posted about, we, talk, we talked about it and we talked a whole thing about how fun it would be to go to, to a world con in Iceland. Remember? But that was before April 1st. But it was before April 1st. Dun, dun, dun. I'm, I'm looking for it now. I'm looking for it now. Where is it? I know we talked about it. All right, let's see. Try because where did we talk about it? Someone's got to find this because I know we talked about it. Did we talk about, about it? it. Did, did we just did, see it? Did you talk about it in Discord? No. He, I mean, okay. <laughs> Mark heard us talk about it. So we talked about it somewhere. <laughs> Did we talk about it on the pre-show? But how would we have talked about it before she posted on April 1st? Because it's April 6th. Our last recording was March 23rd. When did she? So when did she post about it? April 1st on April she posted Fool's about Day. it on April 1st. Did we retweet her? I don't think we did. I didn't. Mark, are you in the chat? <laughs> <laughs> explain yourself i'll be honest okay, i don't well, quite remember this conversation either so you don't remember talking about it you don't I, remember talking have about a, how fun I, it would be i i, I yes i sort of up? vaguely recall that but i don't remember anything else about it am i going crazy so did mark and i just have a conversation about it somehow but he Maybe? tweeted at sword and laser and not at veronica i don't know am i podcasting just to mark Armut says. Are any of us here besides Veronica and Mark? <sighs> Regardless, I'm very confused. All right. Um, well, all right. Anyway, uh, going back to the Mufasa yeah, situation, mm-hmm. uh, Ken yeah. from Chicago asked, what if the great <laughs> stories we know were told from the villain's point of view? He links to a YouTube video um, about uh, what would happen if Sauron, if we told the Lord of the Rings from Sauron's perspective. Um, And it is a 15 minute long kind of dissertation on the concept, Um, but it's pretty interesting. So I thought it would be fun if people went over and and gave it a watch and maybe we could discuss it over on uh, Goodreads or something. Um, But yeah, what would, what would, what would that story be like? How would it be different is if, if we felt a little more, 
mm, sympathetic towards uh, Sauron's perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's basically what we were talking about regarding Lion King, just Mm -hmm. in this case with Sauron. Yeah. I feel like this has been done. I I know it's been done. I just can't recall the examples of it. But I, I, I was it like Grimm's fairy tales from the villains or the oh wicked (laughs) (laughs) the musical (laughs) totally an example of that. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, and then Orlando, uh, on Twitter wrote, I fell in love with the master of gin. It was such an easy read. The heroines are awesome. I plan to read a dead gin in Cairo by P jelly Clark. Oh, nice. Very well, cool. So early ahead of the game. <laughs> We're just kicking that Absolutely. book off. Speaking of which, let's do just that. Yeah. Non-spoilery kickoff discussion of a master of gin by P jelly Clark. Um, yeah, Tom, you want to kick things off with your book? thing your book thing book yeah thing so, that you do? so don't forget folks uh i always do a book briefing uh this year this this time i did it on march 22nd it's usually around that time though um this time everybody knew what the pick was because it was the tournament but sometimes this is the best way to get to know what the pick is first because rob always waits until i post it on patreon so if you're a patron you get the book briefing if you're at anything but the lowest level um mm-hmm. So a few things to know about Master of Jinn. It is the first full-length novel in the Dead Jinn universe. Uh, there are novellas uh, that are re- referenced. Uh, I don't think you've... I didn't feel lost. I felt like, oh, that's obviously a reference. Because it was it was set in the book as if it was like, you know, in a previous case, I did this. And it tells you everything you know to, to be able to make sense of the book you're reading. But it sort of indicates like, oh, I could go read about that case if I'm interested in it. Anyway, uh, it's set, uh, Master of Jim in particular, is set in a world where Al-Jahiz tore a hole in reality in 1872, unleashing jinn and magic. Egypt particularly embraced magic. They weren't the only country to do so, uh, but they sort of did so most enthusiastically, you might say, Mm -hmm. uh, and Mm -hmm. became a superpower. Uh, The book takes place on the eve of peace talks that are trying to avoid this world's version of World War I. Uh, But Egypt's sort of the power broker because they have all the jinn power. And right then, a series of murders causes the Ministry of Alchemy, Enchantments, and Supernatural Entities to assign uh, one of its few women agents, Fatma, to the case because she has one of the best histories of dealing with difficult cases. Uh, if you want to know a little more about P. Jelly Clark, he was born in New York, raised in Houston, Texas, spent a lot of his formative years in his parents' homeland of Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, he is an academic historian in comparative slavery and emancipation in the Atlantic world and lives in what he describes as a small Edwardian castle in New England with his wife and daughters and pet dragon who suspiciously resembles a Boston Terrier. Uh, so if you're, you're looking for the novellas, they are Ring Shout, uh, The Black God's Drums, and The Haunting of Tramcar 15. He is also a founding member of FIA, the literary magazine. We've talked about the FIA Awards, and we, we've mentioned FIA a couple of times over the past year or two. Uh, so he's one of the founders of that as well. Very, very cool. Um, so as I started reading this book, I immediately got the sense that I was missing something. And um, that, that sense grew. Uh, ever more pervasive um, until I saw this thread on the prequel novels. Uh, because, Tom, I did not read your uh, book briefing, 
And so I was not aware that there were prequels to be had um, that featured the characters that are uh, that show up in the story pretty early on. And so um, you, you didn't read my book, Jenny. Briefing. I didn't read your book briefing. Why? Do, why do I even do it? I because because we have patrons. Oh yeah, I guess there are other people. Okay, there's other people. Remember, I just podcast from Hark. Do I need to bring it over to your house for me? What (laughs) is that? Not enough (laughs) to to hand deliver it. You're going to print it out and hand deliver it to me. (laughs) Yeah, is that is that? I'll fly up. Yeah, I'll just knock knock on the door. Here, take off. Here you go. Book briefing. See (laughs) you later. Yeah, I could email. Uh, I like all kidding aside. I could email it to you. You could. You could. Mm-hmm. Don't text message it to me. Because you don't read text messages? <laughs> I read text messages very frequently. <laughs> Anywho, um, so Jean- Jenny from Reading Envy says, um, <laughs> the prequel novellas, I'm going to hunt them down and read them first. Who will join me? And uh, even though I already started the book, I think I will join her because, uh, so as I'm you mentioned. So I'm surprised that you felt like you were missing something. Because yeah, I so would right suspect away. like, oh, that's because you know the novellas are there. So there's like a bias in your brain. But you, you then quickly pointed out you didn't know there were any short stories. Well, Whereas is... I did know there were short stories. And I was like, oh, OK, so that's just pointing to the short story. I, I never no. felt like there was something missing. So I did right away. And it was very like they mention. um so one of the first things I noticed, first of all, the well, I don't want to get too spoilery. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, no, we're Fatma's, non-spoilery. Like. Yeah, Fatma's like um, friend that she meets up with pretty early in the book. Mm-hmm. Like, there seemed to be a lot of backstory there um, and references to previous like engagements. But that, and so okay, I was like, to huh. me, to me, I thought that that's common in stories to be like, oh, these are characters who already know each other. Got it. But it felt more. I'm just saying, I got a sense, okay. and then the um, they mention in conversation. Um, Khan El Khalili, like the jinn that they find, the which is from the book, the angel of Khan El Khalili, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I was like, that feels like that reference feels very kind of separate from the rest of what was happening around yeah. in that discussion. And I for and sure I like, looked okay. at that and go, oh, that's that's the name of one of the novellas. <laughs> So there you go. So, yeah, yeah. And the tram car, too. She up. like le- references the tram car, I think, by number even, 015. Yeah. And so like previous cases but they kind of throw about. So, yeah. I was did like, you oh. just feel like, oh, there's referencing something else? Or did you feel like you were missing a part of the story? I think that's an important well, distinction. Yeah. Um, well, so what happened, the reason I think I'm extra sensitive to it is because, as I mentioned on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, I recently read an entire book that was a sequel without realizing mm-hmm. that it was a sequel. And that was um, A Mirror Mended by Alexi Harrow. And I was like, oh, like, this book is really good, but like... I got the, I just got the sense that I was missing something. And then once I literally finished it, I was like, oh, it's the second book in the series. And so I think just off the bat, I was like, oh my God, am I doing it again? Am I doing it again? I'm seeing some of like similar <laughs> reference yeah, styles yeah. to previous things. Like, is it I don't happening think it's again? a problem to do that though. Like I, I've, just, I've, I've never so done So many stories are set as if they are sequels, as, as if there was a, in fact, a good story has such a rich world that you feel like there are prequel stories, which is why some authors end up coming out with prequel series. So mm-hmm. I know that it feels wrong to read the second book first 
and probably isn't optimal if the author intended you to read them in a particular order. But I don't, I don't feel like it's awful. I've done it before too. I accidentally read the second book and I loved the book. And I was like, Ooh, I want to find more in this series. And I was actually disappointed to find out that the only other one was the first one. It was only a two part series. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, but I want to find out what happens next. I'm not as interested in what happened before. But my favorite way of thinking about it, someone mentioned on Twitter, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't remember who, um, but they were like, they were like, well, now think of it just like you're reading the prequel. Yeah, like yeah. If you read the first one, you're just totally. reading the prequel to the to the novel you already read. Yeah, I think that's a good that way to look at it. Just happened to come out first. Yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes, because okay. yeah. an author could make a conscious decision to do that, right? They didn't in I, this case, but that? but they that can happen. What is that series that I really really loved that Rob really wanted me to read? I think it was Rob about the two adventurers. Um, not, not Lock Lamora. Star Wars. Not Star Wars. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. No. Um, one ended up being a half elf. Anyway, I guess that's a spoiler. I'm not going to mention it on the show now because that's a spoiler. Um, <laughs> oops. Um, but anyway, uh, so very cool. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and try to fit in these, these, um, no, not Drist. I'm going to go ahead and, and read Michael these, J. Um, Sullivan. these prequels. Yes. How'd you know that? How'd because you know I re- that? you said Rob wanted us to read it, and I remembered like, oh, right, that was the one that he kept, <laughs> that was the one before the current one that he kept nominating and never won <laughs> that we ended up picking. Okay. All right. Well, now I feel bad because now people are going to figure it out and know the spoiler. Anyway, let's not dwell on it too much because I'm making it worse. All right. Tom's nodding enthusiastically. Um, I think that's the end of the show um, because we <laughs> oh, oh, are I, just kicking off this book. <laughs> yeah, we we don't want to get spoilery. I will say I finished Master of Jin. Like I, oh, you I, finished it already. I went. I loved it. I found time to read this one. I thought it was just delightful. Uh, it's a, so I won't I won't say too much more because uh, I, I don't want to say any details. But yeah, I just thought the characters were great. The world was fascinating. I'm a sucker for a period piece, and I'm a sucker for an alternate reality period piece which is kind of what you're getting here uh being set in the the, you know the the pre-world war Mm -hmm. one full of gin uh we have a history of reading good gin books on this true on this uh show as well we really do yeah um i'm going to uh say this in the show so that um jim our fabulous editor (laughs) hears it when he's editing the podcast but yeah let's redact it let's do it like half bleep or like he's a bleep, and then that way people won't know what he. Yeah. Is so when you of. heard that earlier, that thank Jim. Yeah, Jim fixed it. Jim yeah. fixed it for Thanks, us. Jim. All right, good, good, good recommendation, Tomahome. I appreciate that. He was like, "We'll redact this," and I was like, "Will we?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, actually, we can," because I don't have to do it because Jim's better at it than I am. <laughs> All righty, that about wraps up our quick and tasty little kickoff episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, our show is currently entirely funded by you, our patrons. Uh, thank you to all the folks who back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at swordandlaser. And all of our discussion happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.
is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.